We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Look at that. Good for me. Good for me. It's, you know what it is? I'm going to blame Josh on this one, too. I'm going to blame wow. Josh on this one. He's Josh not, catching strays? He's is not he here. Strays? Yeah, he's catching strays. strays. He's catching strays. Okay. I'll say it. He is. He's not here. He couldn't. He couldn't reel me in. It's his fault. It's his fault. I technically, I am the producer and sitting here. I could be telling you, hey, you should shut up so we can go to break. Sure. I mean, you could. You you could do that. But, mm. but I'm not going to blame you. Ah. Why would I blame you? Yeah, things are it's fine. Josh's fault. Josh is the one not here. It's fine. We're both here it's for fine. work, and he's not here. Listen, could be a lot worse. It could be. It could be. We could still be going on the last segment. Just and just blew by the break. That's right. Thought about could it. Could be talking about sports. Oh God, could you imagine it? Could you make, who wants to talk about sports? Let's go to the phones. We've got Chance from Alabama joining us. Chance, welcome to the show, my friend. How are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Doing very well. Uh, so I just think we kind of pulled the gun a little bit too early on Brandon Bean. Um, I, I think he had two years left on his deal, right? Yes, they he both did, yeah. It, yeah, they both did. Um, I, I think when's the last time anyone got excited over a Brandon Bean draft pick? I mean, the last time I got excited about anything Brandon Bean did uh, was when he, you know, free agent signed Von Miller uh, when he got lucky with Josh Allen and when he traded for Stephon Diggs. That's the last time I've got excited about anything that guy did. We know that tight ends in this league, they don't usually, you know, develop to be a great tight end uh, until their third year. Also, we know that he has a defensive coach that is in his ear constantly and they have an exception, you know, like this huge desire to draft first and second round defensive ends constantly, constantly. When every one of us know it's an offensive league, when the playoffs hit by that time, these guys' bodies have been through the ringer and it's just about what can you, what can the offense do? It's protect your quarterback and it's get it to receivers. We know it's mostly when, when the you know rubber hits the road, you're going to be playing Patrick Mahomes. You're going to be playing Joe Burrow with his asset of weapons. And I don't think Joe Burrow is that great if he didn't have those guys. It's the same thing with LSU. He, those teams, he's on a loaded team. That's just what it is. He's checked down Charlie. But when you have all the weapons that you have, you know you can do that. And I just, when's the last time we got excited, guys? I mean, you tell me. I mean, if you got in the NFL, when you have a two-year contract, you just let it ride. Do not extend them. Do I mean? I wanted to extend McDermott either. I mean, just can you guys? You you tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me the last time you got excited about a Brandon B move or about having a defensive coach as your head coach. Yeah, James. Thanks for the call. And I mean, in terms of getting excited about the draft, I mean, it's all a crapshoot. It's a complete crapshoot. And to be honest, in terms of his drafting, he is one of, if not the best late-round drafter in the NFL now. Matt Milano, Teron Johnson, Gabe Davis, these are all like crucial starters on the Bills roster. That's just three of them that I've named. But Greg Rousseau has now become one of the better defensive linemen for the Bills. Eight and a half sacks last year, and he did a lot of that with Von Miller gone, so he got all the double teams. On the defensive line point, because obviously Rousseau is a part of that, 
that has been a bit of my issue a little bit with Bean is I because personally it, with some of these offensive or defensive linemen he's taken AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham really are, are I think are the main two. Um, they're not high potential guys. I I don't think either of them were, and it was kind of just to fill a body and to kind of create that defensive line rotation so that they can kind of come in you in waves. But I mean, in terms of getting excited, most off seasons he does something crazy that makes the team better. Von Miller last year, this year just. They've essentially gone all offense. They go get Connor McGovern to help out the guard position. They do draft Alton Kincaid. I think there's a bit of a tight end revolution coming where it's going to be a bit easier for guys to come in and, and produce right away, especially with a guy like Dalton Kincaid, who, look, if he didn't have a back injury he suffered in the last game of the season, because I don't know if he would have played in the bowl game, so it's the Pac-12 championship game against uh, USC, I, he's not available when the Bills take him in the late 20s. He's probably going in the top 15. He had the best hands in the draft. From everything I read from him and, and watching his his tape more closely, he had easily the best hands in the in in the draft easily, and he's going to open up the middle of the field more for the Bills' offense because Dawson, or Dawson Knox is not really an out there an inside tight end. He's much more an outside tight end. He's more of a vertical guy, he's a big play guy. They get Kincaid. I think there's a real chance that Kincaid maybe has 60 catches this year, and is one of the better offensive weapons for the Bills. But yeah, in terms of getting excited with the draft. I don't really want to get excited necessarily about every single draft pick because there's a really good chance that they're not going to be all that good. And along with that, you're drafting in the late 20s now. You're getting the scraps. You're not getting these great guys. Trading up is typically not a great move to do. Typically trading down is the move to do. I wanted wide receiver. This draft class was bad for wide receivers. Try next year. But ultimately, a lot of his late-round picks have been home runs. And no matter what you feel about Tremaine Edmonds, he kind of hit on him too. He got a lot of money by the Chicago Bears to fill in their middle linebacker role. And we're sitting here, and I and I said it in the first hour, uh, that's kind of one of your few question marks now. So, I mean, for the most part, I've loved his drafting. And in terms of getting lucky on Allen, I'm, I mean, dude, every, every quarterback you draft is luck. You just hope that they're good. I mean, let's be serious here. Like, every single quarterback you take, you, you're, you're praying that they end up being good. That's all you're doing. You put everything you can around them, and you hope they turn out well. I mean, that, that's all you're doing. Going to that night, just in, in terms of my opinion, I wanted Dal- uh, Sam Darnold. That was the guy I liked. I knew he was probably going earlier than the Bills were going to take him. But I was fine with either Allen or Rosen. I really was at that point. I was Rosen was the more clear-cut, like just polished guy, but his career at UCLA was kind of iffy, and he had a lot of injuries. And then Allen was, of course, kind of the wild stallion over in Wyoming. I was fine with either, but I was a Sam Darnold guy. I was super wrong, and a lot of draft experts were wrong on that. Most had Darnold being great. Most had Allen being a parody of a prospect. So I'm not saying he got lucky with Allen. He put a ton of resources around him, did the best he could, and look what it's turned into. It's turned out to be pretty darn good. Would you say the Kansas City Chiefs got lucky with Mahomes because he was kind of considered the same kind of prospect? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, I've gotten excited about Brandon Bean pretty much every single offseason. In terms of getting the extensions, me and Corey talked about in the first hour, you can just rip them up. If this season is truly a disaster and they want to move off from him, it's Terry Pagula's money. And he's been shown, at least with these guys, to be willing to spend, especially in this era with the Bills. And if it's it's truly a disaster, he'll be willing to pull the plug. I will say, though, like just kind of as a warning to people, if they go like 10-7, and 7, they're staying around. If, yeah. Especially if they make the playoffs, they're staying around. Yes. I mean, Andy Reid made a Super Bowl appearance, went to a ton of NFC championships, and made the Eagles relevant. And it took four straight years of no playoff wins and two 
straight losing seasons before he was fired. Mm-hmm. And even then, it felt like it was a, like a painful process the whole way through. The leash is pretty long. The leash is very long. And I, 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 that's my thing. Is it, I don't think people realize that. The leash is very long. But also, they keep making the playoffs. They keep putting themselves in spectacular spots to try to win a Super Bowl. Big, that's all you're trying to do. Big money extensions, going out and getting Von Miller, and then you get a contract extension after the fact. Like... You should expect the Bills to be players in yeah. situations. We were They'll, also told this whole offseason that they didn't really have a ton of money to spend and, and to play around with, and I think they've improved everywhere. Everywhere they need, they wanted to improve at, they improved. They're going to hang out. Yeah, they're going to be good. I like the signing of Deontay Hardy to be a better version of Isaiah McKenzie. Trent Sherfield is maybe my favorite pickup of this offseason. Outside of, on the offensive line, guys like Connor McGovern, and I am a big fan of Osiris Torrance, second round out of Florida this past draft. But Trent Sherfield, everything I read about him is that he is just waiting to pop off. That he is a guy that has gotten kind of screwed over by the system. Tyler Dunn did an, an, a spectacular piece on him about how he kind of fell victim to the politics of the NFL. Of He was a later round draft pick and the teams he was previously on, Miami and Arizona, of just, hey, we took this guy in the second round. He's got to start over you. He fell victim to that a little bit. In Arizona, San Francisco, a little bit less in Miami. But you look at what he's been able to do now. He's He has kind of what you're looking for as a third outside receiver. He's fast, catches the ball well. He adds that speed element that I just don't think the Bills have had on their offense. That's actually been the one big thing I think they've been missing is speed. You know, Diggs is fast, but I wouldn't say he's one of the fastest players in the league. And then Gabe Davis, he's a vertical guy, but he's not a speed guy. But you look at Sherfield this past season, 51 targets on a team with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and I'll even throw in Mike Gusecki there, and also just going through like three different quarterbacks. 51 targets, 30 catches, over 400 yards, and two touchdowns. You put him now on the Bills offense, which let's say Dalton Kincaid doesn't take off right away. Perfect. That means Sherfield probably can. And guys like Tyreek Hill were furious that they didn't re-sign him. I think they've gotten better in most spots. I've been very excited about this offseason. I don't care if I don't get excited about a draft pick. Probably be wrong about them. That's just how it goes. That's the fun of the draft. But you're also picking in the late 20s. You're picking guys that are closer to a second-round grade than they are a first-round grade. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Luke in Rochester hanging on the line. Luke, welcome to the show, my friend. How are we doing today? Hi. Good. Thanks, guys. Good discussion. I think Bean should stay. He's shown that he can build a roster, draft it out, and it's really what's keeping Dermot employed. Uh, the thing that I'm talking about that would concern today, I mean, there's many things about McDermott that I don't like, but the, uh, recently in Buffalo Rumblings or Torino, they've had some quotes from him about how he's relishing the coordinator responsibility again and that he likens head coaching to some leadership role, non-coach role, which is plain ridiculous. It really does show that he has fundamental Yeah, no, Luke, I, I would agree with that. That's the, the job of the head coach now is really to motivate and to delegate. That's really all the head coach kind of is at this point now. It's, it's you delegate responsibilities, you call timeouts, you motivate. I mean, that's really a head coach now. I mean... But he's been abominable with his timeouts. He's, they're not a fruition in anything good. He actually helped Mahomes and Kelsey plan their play by calling the timeout and not adjusting to it. And you have Mahomes yelling to Kelsey, do it, do it, Kelsey, do it. I mean, I don't know. There's, there needed to be some intervention of some type where they needed to 
adjust on that play and not give them the same look. I mean, sure, Luke, thanks for the call. I, 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 this is my thing. It's the same thing with Kelsey of like, how is he always wide open? He's a Hall of Famer, man. I, like, are, are we mad that people are also doing their jobs well? Seriously? Is that where we're at? That these Hall of Fame talents are doing their jobs well? How dare they? And in terms of relishing to take up the defense coordinator role, he's been open about it. He went on the Pat McAfee show and talked about how he's pretty excited to start doing that again. Cool. Good for him. Most of us after the season wanted Frazier gone anyways. Are we really that mad? Who else are you going to go get? I mean, honestly, McDermott was a phenomenal defense coordinator in Carolina. Was pretty aggressive. We'll see how much the defense changes. I don't expect a radical change, but Te- I, I kind of would like to see how this goes. Teams are so complex now that you are at an, when you are at that level higher up on the chain, you are like you said, delegating and managing. It's your responsibility to know everything that's going on. You yeah. have to be aware of how your coaches you have hired are coaching, mm-hmm. but you're not doing it. Yeah. Like you're managing them doing it, and you're enabling them to succeed by saying, "What do you? What resources do you need to accomplish the task I told you to do?" And I give you those resources. Are you doing it? Yes or no? Yes. Cool. No. Uh oh. I guess my, like, my my problem is with that, like, because you're right, and that's and it's probably something he learned from 13 seconds. If if we're to be believed that essentially it was not communicated properly to the special teams coordinator and to the kicker that hey, we're gonna pooch it here and we're gonna take some time off. We really didn't get to see if they had learned from this in big games. Yeah. Because ultimately, and I've said it this year, and, and you can disagree with me, I guess, but like this year couldn't have ended fast enough. It really couldn't have. They were never going to win the Super Bowl this year. They just they weren't going to win it. <laughs> you know, it's okay, like, okay, this is a little off tangent, but mm-hmm. like, it, even with good systems and practice systems, there can still be something going wrong simply because of miscommunication. It happens yeah. all the time. In every occupation. In everything you do. And it could just, and under stress and in tight moments, sometimes those things can pop up even more, even if you have something that has proven to be effective previously. Mm-hmm. The, whole, the movie, the entire movie, The Sting, is based around the idea that one person didn't say a word that someone else is expecting and it enabled them to pull off a huge con on somebody yep. because they had been trained to expect a word mm-hmm. and that word wasn't there and they screwed up and they used it as a way to you know get what they wanted. Mm-hmm. If you are in that moment going off what you normally say and just being like, we have established communication so you know what I'm saying, but you've never confirmed it. And suddenly the kick, the kick isn't being made that you want kicked and suddenly you have miscommunication where you never had it before. Yeah. Like those things can happen in unique circumstances. And that's a pretty unique circumstance. Like you're in the moment and there's like, that's not something that happens routinely. You're not calling that kick all the time. You're generally not in the environment where you're on the cusp of going to hosting the AFC championship game. If you get it right, Yep. like you can't reproduce that failure because it's just the circumstances that might lead to it are not reproducible unless you're in the environment again yeah. to see it. And how much in, 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 this point was brought up with Shotland the Bulldog as well this week. How much are we talking about 13 seconds if the, if the coin flip goes the other way? Genuinely, how much are, how much are we talking about it? Because the Bills probably win. That was, that was the belief. It altered the right. rules of the yeah. league. That was the belief across sports was that it, it didn't really matter who got the coin flip. or It, it mattered immensely who got the coin flip because they, they were going to win. No, one, no defense could stop each other. Yeah. Are we talking about 13 seconds? And this, and this is, I brought up this Routinely point. Routinely called the greatest football yeah. game ever played. Yeah. But I've, I've talked about this point of, like, the luck base. Kansas City, before they won their first Super Bowl, would look at 2018 and feel the same way of their AFC Championship game against New England. The coin flip goes New England's way. New England marches down the field. They score. They win the game. Kansas City also argued that 
both teams should get a shot here. Because they knew we were going to score if we won the coin flip. Yeah. I mean, are we talking about 13 seconds at all if the coin flip goes Buffalo's way? Even if they lose to the Bengals the next week. All of that gets us to now, Mm -hmm. which is that we construct narratives about people's success based on these single moments of either failure or success. When When in reality, the success is just keep building a consistent team that can get there and hope you get it right one year. That's right. That's that's all it's coming down it's, to. There's so many possible errors, and I, like I have plenty of criticisms of Sean McDermott. Oh yeah, I like, do too. Look, ultimately, 13 seconds did happen. Like right. I have criticisms there, and timeouts, like Luke brought up, got to be better at. That's right. Like there, it, just, it seems to happen a lot. Where yeah. like when you need him to make a right call in a high pressure spot, it, that call does not appear. Mm-hmm. And in moments of failure for this franchise, when they have been on the cusp, when the expectations have been high, it ain't the quarterback who's failing you. Yeah, I'll put it like that. But ultimately, like I just it, like. If the only coach anyone's happy with right now is probably Andy Reid. That's right. If that's the metric. Like, like, this is my problem. Is like, that might be the only coach anyone's actually happy with. I mean, if that's where we're at, he's the only one. Because as I brought up, if if Sean Payton was the Bills head coach, we'd have the same problems. The only thing different is we wouldn't have the narrative he's a conservative defensive coach. When he's not conservative. He's defensive. He's not conservative. But Payton's entire end of his career with New Orleans was... Playoff failure after playoff failure after playoff failure. Sure, some were bad calls. Some were out of his control. But that's the nature of the game. Yeah. You just hope it's your year. One of these years. I honestly, like, I don't have an alternative. To, and I'm, I'm, I got Paul Hamilton in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. You want to get rid of Sean McDermott. Who are you replacing him with? That's my, that's my whole argument here. Is, is, is some people have wanted this. Because there, there is no answer. There is no answer. Unless you want to start over completely. With a new head coach, a rookie head coach, Ben Johnson's name, the office coordinator for the Detroit Lions has been brought up quite a bit that I've seen on Twitter a little bit because he gave Jared Goff a great season and all that stuff. He's going to go through the same growing pains Your best that McDermott alternative did a few years ago. is currently coaching the Giants. Yeah. Like, and ultimately, do we know how much better Brian Dable is as a head coach? Don't know yet. Because he, he rebuilt the culture exactly like Sean McDermott did with Buffalo. Got him right in the playoffs his first year. The Giants... Weren't over 500 for most of the last, what was it, five, six, seven years, That's right. something like that? Nobody said they were good. He completely flipped the culture. But in four or five years' time, what if he only is like winning like one or two playoff games a year? That's great. He's not getting over the hump yet. Are we going to get to a point, though, where like they're demanding a championship? Now, it's a bit different. He's got Daniel Jones as his quarterback. We've got Josh Allen. I get it. They're also in a way weaker conference. A way weaker conference. It's to the question about McDermott and Bean is like, when do you reach the limit of you have been here a while and we haven't won the thing we want to win? Mm-hmm. Like I, I said, give me two years. I'm I'm going to stick to that. Give me two years. Like, is it okay for them to constantly have good seasons and never win you anything? No, because you you will get to a point. You will get to a point. Number one, you'll get to a point too where the team just turns out to be kind of bad. Because you can say, like, hey, they're really good. They win 11, 12, 13 games a year. And then you can turn around and say, they've never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. No, I, I mean, absolutely. That's Which, why, that's at why what I'm saying, point like, does one overtake years. the other? I, I mean, like, you, that's the thing is you, you look across these great head coaches who stayed and never won one. Bud Grant wait, went to the end of his career in the 60s and 70s with the Minnesota Vikings. Went to the end of his you career. You can convince me that Pagula would... You know, for as long as just he is the trying. owner of the team, just he just trying. he keeps both of them, and they're they're bills until they don't want to be. Yeah, I I think you can very much again, unless it becomes an Andy Reid sure. situation, and that's my thing is when I look at Andy Reid, the Eagles did make the right decision. Like I've seen some people say they didn't, they absolutely did. 
He had the same moniker until 2019 when he won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. That's right. He was fired in, what, 2012 for the Eagles? And, again, when they fired him, it was two straight losing seasons and not winning a playoff game for four years. And if you want to say, like, the difference between Andy Reid in Philadelphia and in Kansas City is Patrick Mahomes. I can have that argument. Exactly. Because I can also have the argument, though, that the Philadelphia Eagles teams, they were bad on offense in, ter- in terms of players. Because both teams, like, Andy Reid had wild success with both teams. Mm-hmm. He reached the promised land with one because on that team, he has one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I, well, it's not even just like he has one of the best quarterbacks to play the game. He has one of the best tight ends to ever play the game. Right. He has maybe the biggest cheat code in a wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. You look at those Eagles teams and what he was dragging to the playoffs. Pretty good. We're some of the worst wide receiver groups I've ever seen. Finally gets a great wide receiver in T.O. That relationship between him and Donovan McNabb deteriorates faster than anything I've ever seen. And it's this short-lived... Honestly, it reminds me a lot of the Sabres of the of the mid-2000s of they were great for this this blimp of time. But for the Sabres, it was, it was not bringing back certain guys. For the Eagles, it was the whatever happened in that relationship between Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens that deteriorated. Mm-hmm. And they only that's the only Super Bowl they get to. They get to, I think, another NFC championship. Terrell Owens suffering from maybe the first case of documented tech bro brain. Yeah, because like, I... He should have stayed in Philadelphia. That, like, that, that, I was around needed... for that era of sports talk when Terrell Owens was a personality, and like, oh yeah, there was like, a lot of was, negativity there. Like now, that kind of guy mm-hmm. is everywhere on Twitter. Oh like, just yeah, constantly. yeah. But, but, but T.O. was the first. Yeah, T.O. was a real trend center in that in, in tech bro mindset of yeah. just like being like, no, you don't understand. I'm the innovator, and I am. I'm him. I'm the reason. So I will. Set the agenda, and everybody will have to follow. I mean, it is kind of funny though. Me. You look at Donovan McNabb's stats. There is a there is a big jump in passing numbers when he does have To. That's the frustrating part is that he's not wrong. He's just a jerk about it. That's my thing. I, I brought it up with the Stevon Diggs situation last week of just like, like usually when a player's disgruntled, they're kind of right. That's right. And and by the way, the way Terrell Owens is handling it, and the way uh, Diggs is handling it is vastly, vastly different. different. Vastly different. <laughs> vastly different. Diggs has done it all behind the scenes. Mostly. He's actually had meetings with the coaches. That's right. Not talking. He's he's not out. He's, he's got cryptic tweets, but all of his tweets are cryptic. If you Every wide them. receiver should have cryptic tweets. You act like it's the peak 1970s Soviet Union. Y'all read his tweets and you will understand. It's like, oh, these are just how he tweets. It's just It doesn't have to be cryptic towards the Bills. It could just no. be any random day yeah, ending he, and why. He just tweets like a crazy person. It's, it's my favorite aspect of it. Top tier poster. I love it. But I mean, like that's my thing. Is like just that—that's the goal. You build a consistent winner with a great quarterback, and you hope it's your year. One of those years, I put Dan Marino on that list of great quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl. He didn't really have great teams. He didn't. He had great teams early when he did make the Super Bowl the second year, and Don Shula got old fast and got <laughs> archaic fast. Yeah, and they couldn't draft at all. They couldn't make any free. Free agency really wasn't a big thing yet in in, in the eighties. It got to the point in the nineties when Reggie White goes over. The and they had to Bay play Packers. the peak Bills. Yeah. Through a lot of that window. Yeah, they were not a very good team. They were not well-made. That was Dan Marino and the Marx Brothers for most of the 80s uh, doing a lot of work. Yeah. Doing a lot of work. John Elway wins laters. That was him doing a lot of work on bad teams with Dan Reeves, who was archaic as hell. That is not McDermott. McDermott is defensive, yes. But I'd consider him conservative and archaic if they didn't go for fourth downs, if they were constantly kicking field goals, even though it's like, guys, you can score here. It's fourth and one on the two. Just do, do, you have a, a gazelle at quarterback. Just lean forward. He does that. They do that often. They score in bunches. You're just dealing with a Chiefs team that's amazing, but they're not always going to be there. 
Yeah. It is more likely that they have reached probably maybe their pinnacle of Super Bowls and that they're going to go on a little bit of a lull. The nas- they're going to always be there. The national narrative of McDermott as a conservative coach doesn't reflect the nature of no, his it's coaching. It's because he's defensive-minded. It, it, like, he is a defensive specialist, obviously, but also, like, his conservatism comes at crucial moments, not in yes. the construction of his team, which is uh, it requires you to pay close attention. Mm-hmm. And it's like I said, it's not like Todd Bowles. Who is like approaches the entire game from a conservative? Or even mindset. like Mike Tomlin, who like just right. routinely will not go for fourth down. That's right. Punt often. No will kick field goals. McDermott is much more flexible in that regard than the idea of like the, those kinds of coaches. Yep. And, and, and and just my whole point to kind of wrap this up because we are very late to the break again. Again, no coach and no player can win a championship until they do. They will all have that moniker until they do. Yeah. Unless they get lucky Kinda and they stinks. win it early. That, but that's the nature of the biz. Yeah, Mike Tomlin wins his first Super Bowl in year two. Never has to deal with it, ever. Ever again. Yep. It's the nature of the beast. Sean Payton, I brought him up a lot. Won his, I think, in year four. Yeah. And now Never he's always got a again. reputation that a lot of people are like, he kind of doesn't deserve. doesn't yep. matter. He's got the gear. And Mike McCarthy, the same thing. Yep. And I don't and think And he stinks. Us, yeah, I was going to say, and I don't think any Not like McCarthy. Not a good coach. Doesn't matter. Yep. We're still looking for your calls. 803-0550. How are we feeling about McDermott and Bean? We'll take your calls when we come back. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday, and this is WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Music selection, phenomenal today. Just good vibes, good vibes all around. Which is good. We kind of need it. It's kind of cloudy outside, which is probably good. We, we've needed rain. Ask like, the dad at the station if we've needed the rain. We've needed the rain, I think. That's correct. But, like, it still doesn't look good. No, it looks terrible. Outside. It does not look good. And it's it, the worst part of this is, is that it is humid and, like, mild. Like, yeah. the rain has come, but the humidity has not broken, and that's the thing. I'm not wearing a raincoat. I'll deal with it, but it is too humid. You cannot cool away humidity. That's no. not how it works. So people are like, oh, turn the air on, and like, now, great, your house is just really wet and cold. Yeah, I know. It's still heavy. Ugh. It's still heavy. Absolutely it's disgusting. That's my thing. I think, like, I like the heat. I think most people that have listened to the show know that I enjoy the sunshine. I enjoy warmer weather, upwards of, like, 65 plus. Humidity, though, that'll put me down. Mm-mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. staying in the house, not doing anything. You got to really act more so than heat. Humidity yeah. is something your body has to acclimate to. That is something I know. I, I, I've said it on the show, but like my family's a big Disney family. I, I've spent a lot of time in Orlando, Florida. But funny enough, the the hottest place I've ever been was Las Vegas in June, and that heat was so much easier to deal with because oh, it was yeah. just a dry heat. Yeah, I've heard the same thing about Arizona. Like summers in Arizona, mm-hmm. you stay inside, but ultimately it's a dry heat. You, you can deal with you it. Need to, you need you know, sunscreen. You can't be out in the sun too long. Oh, and that's why it's dangerous because you don't feel like you're fine and you're not. Yeah, you're not. But, like, I've been in I've been in Virginia. Oh, yeah. At, when days were, like, 95 degrees and 100% humidity. And it 
honestly, like, I could not take my, my daughter was like a baby at the time. I could not, we couldn't leave the house with her for two weeks. Yeah, because you're just, just like, no, there's no Way too no dangerous. Way. Yeah, like, no literally way. dangerous outside. Yeah, and, and but the thing is, though, we kind of deal with the same thing just with the cold. Yes. Here and, 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 and even a little bit further north of just like, there's certain winters where you're just like. It, dudes in nope. hoodies and shorts in 20 degree weather. It's like, yeah, we're used to it. It's fine. It's like until the wind chill hits like negative yes. 20 and you're, you're like, eh, that's going to hurt. You're also like soon. 150 pounds overweight. So like, you know, you've got that insular ele- heating F- elephant seal vibe. <laughs> but like, let's be careful about that. But like, yes, we get we are acclimated more to the cold. Oh, absolutely. Than the humidity. Absolutely. Even with a lake right next to us. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, half our problems. <laughs> Who puts a city next to a lake? I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? They've never done that ever in history, right? <laughs> Terrible idea. But we've been talking a lot of bills today. I mean, I have. I think this past week and a half, I've. I don't want to say I've become a, a McDermott apologist, but I think I've gotten to a point of just where exactly would we go that's better? I just I can't really get there. The goal of a team and a coach is to put the best team available out there every single year to give yourself a chance to get to the dance and to try to win a Super Bowl. They seem coordinated well. They seem coordinated well. Looking at other sports, the Tampa Bay Lightning routinely were a team that could not get it done until they did. They went to three cup finals. They won two of them. The Denver Nuggets just won the NBA championship. Routinely were a team that was really good. Really good. They keep winning 50-plus games, and they fall short in the playoffs. The more difficult decisions McDermott has to make, it seems like he makes bad ones. It does, and that, and that's and that's the one thing. It's like, I hope he's learning. I hope he's getting better, because ultimately I don't really know if there's anywhere I can definitively go better without me sitting here going, the entire offseason after he's fired and a new guy's hired going, I hope it worked. Yes. And Josh Allen being on your team makes it so that you don't have to really make all the, those many tough well, yeah, decisions. I mean, like, I mean, and that's the thing. is like, you know The drought's been brought up as well. Like, Do you want to go back to that? Look, I'm going to be completely... Stop. No, that's I so don't dr- want to hire Rex Ryan yeah. again. Well, it's not even that. Like, that's so dramatic. Like, the coaches were awful. Don't get me wrong. Those teams were disjointed and discombobulated. Absolutely. But we talked about this, what, last week? Maybe the worst run of quarterbacks ever was the early 2000s. <sighs> I mean, like, there was no one that was going to make that team slightly better. Like, the quarterback's position is always supposed to, you know, make that team just that much better. Mm -hmm. To take an average team to a good team, a good team to a great team. Like, that's that's the whole point. That was not happening in in the 2000s. Okay, so let me ask you like like this. If if they get rid of McDermott, it's like, well, man, I don't know. Who could they do better? I'll put it to you like this. Allen's still here. Yes. Does it matter? To a certain they extent, they fire I think, McDermott tomorrow. Does yeah. it matter if, if Allen's still here? Are they still good? Do they still oh, well, win? That's, that's the thing. Do they're they win still 13 games next year if, the, if Sean McDermott is not the head coach of the Buffaloes and it's Coach X? I think the thing is maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. Because honestly, last year, I don't know if anyone could have handled last year better than McDermott did. To win 13 games with everything going on? I don't know. That 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 is something that you went through last year easily could have fallen apart very quickly. And they didn't. They They stood on their heads as long as they could. I don't know. But then I look at guys like Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Dallas is routinely making the playoffs, or is at least in those hunts. He's an awful head coach. Because if you're making Abysmal. if you're making the case that like as long as they have Allen, their windows open and they're gonna be good. Mm-hmm. So you're not you do not mention McDermott in that argument. No, yeah, it, it is Allen. So, Quarter, the, quarterback is uh, to me the most important piece. And I never hear anybody say, as long as McDermott is your coach, your window's open. Yeah, no, no, because I that's my thing is it, Sounds bad because now I've been saying don't fire, but coaches are hired to be fired. Uh, uh, they are hired to be fired. Ultimately, like Andy Reid was a debate phenom. team, debate team, debate, debate team. team. I was never on the debate team. You should have been. Nope. But like Andy Reid was, I was way too cool. 
I, I wanted to really. I I wanted to kiss people. Like I was not going to be on the debate. <laughs> I didn't need that debate. reputation. Absolutely not. But you like that's the thing. Ultimately, head coach in any in any sport is hard to be fired. I mean, that's that's the name of the game. Bill Belichick has won the most Super Bowls in NFL history. He's going to fight for the most wins in NFL history. His tenure in New England is not going to end happy. Hmm. It is not going to be him ending on a high note and all that stuff. It's going to end with people going, "Yeah, he was here about six years too late." Like it was too. It was six years too long. It's a tough one. That's. I mean, that's the nature of the beast. I mean, that's the thing. Is like you know, McDermott can be here forever, and they keep getting winning records, or they keep holding on. But ultimately, you get to what Andy Reid was at, where his last four seasons, no playoff wins, and the last two were losing seasons. Kyle Shanahan, I think, is to me the best coach in the NFL right now. Because you can admit that, like, no, the success is mostly due to Allen, and if McDermott's gone and Allen is still here, their window is still open, yeah. and they could, they're still a the good qu- winning team. The quarterback position is the most important position in sports, and you can still say, I still want McDermott though. Yeah, I, I would still prefer McDermott. That's fine, because because and my thing is is. I just don't know where you're doing better. Right. I just don't know where you're going to do better. I, I, I still have the fear they're going to be in an AFC championship game, and after the game we're going to be standing around talking about one decision again. Again. You could. There's also a chance, though, you never really get in that spot. Yeah. That's the thing, too. These are close games. They don't always have to be. Nope. They could just be that the big plays happened when you needed them, and the big plays happened on defense when you need them, and by the time you get to the fourth quarter, it's... They're going to win. Because if they go to the division round again this year and lose again this year, and at the end of the day, we're just being like, man, they should have done X different. Mm-hmm. I'm like, then what are we doing? But that's what, But that's also why I'm not saying give me five, ten years. I'm saying give me two. Two years, and then I'll have the conversation, and that's where you can talk about the, the extensions. But ultimately, again, the extensions oh, don't really man, matter. Pain in the butt. Give me two more years. We're going to take a quick timeout. We're still looking for your calls. 803-0550. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday. And this is WGR. Hour number two of Sports Talk Saturday rolls along here. We are talking a lot. Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, taking a lot of your calls as well. And we're going to go back to the phones. We've got Jay in Rochester hanging on the line. Jay, welcome to the show, my friend. How are we doing today? Good, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. And I'm just going to warn you a little bit ahead of time. I'm really passionate about this. So if I raise my voice, it's not meant for you guys at all. But I am so sick and tired of people acting like the Buffalo Bills have won a Super Bowl under Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. We have won nothing. We haven't even made it to a damn Super Bowl. I believe McDermott's got to go personally. I think he's that bridesmaid that gets you to the dance but doesn't win the prom queen, if you know what I mean. And all that matters is winning that damn crown. That's all that should matter in this city. I've grown up in this city. I've been here for 47 years. I moved to Rochester. i got not one championship to show for. Sabres, Bills, nothing. It's time we win one. This is the best damn team we've had in my lifetime. And I'm comparing that to the 90s Bills, who've been to four Super Bowls and lost. I haven't even watched the damn Super Bowl again because it's so painful. Nothing matters until we win. That's why I've been so disappointed with Bean for not going all in, worrying about the future. Well, there is no tomorrow if you don't win it now. There's going to be no future. I'm sick of making it to the playoffs and being, being okay with, a, 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 okay, we made it to the playoffs. Well, there's no drought. Well, for all you fans who didn't grow up in the 90s, it means nothing. you got to win a championship, and that's all that matters is your legacy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for calling him in. And uh, that kind of goes back to my point of, well, then the only coach anyone's happy with right now is Andy Reid. That's that's then that's the only if, coach we're happy with right now. If that's your standard, then okay, yeah, absolutely. Like that can't you can't have the ultimate standard, just not happy anymore because like the caller said, he's 
been through it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and that's and this thing too. I'm I'm 25 years old. I did not live through the 90s. Right. So like, don't, I I do know there are fans out there that are like, dude, I've lived through way worse. I've lived through all of it. Yeah. Like uh, basically every iteration of the teams we know being good outside of mm-hmm. one Sabres run in the 70s. I have yep. been alive for and yeah. remember. So like, I'm ready for some cutthroat action. Honestly, like, I, and, and that's the thing is, I, I feel like that's a lot of Buffalo sports fans because they have seen great teams not win. I got enough so almost. Think, yeah. So for me, it's it's a little bit different. Like I'm looking at this going, no, like just be patient, hold it down. But I know there are people out there. You know, my dad, my uncle, are like lived through the '90s. They tell me all the time of like, no, I've lived through the whole. Well, they're going to get one, and then they don't get the one. Like I and I and I know that I know, but it's just the Bills took adva- in the '90s took advantage of a bad AFC and. They were a, a missed field goal away from winning at least one. Yep. And then they, I would argue, were the worst team in the next three Super Bowls. They ran into a Washington team that was on fuego. Yes. In terms of just the deep ball. Thurman Thomas loses his helmet. And also, let's go back to that first game. Why are you passing the ball? Thurman Thomas is averaging like six yards per carry. Yeah. That's on Kelly in the offense. And then the Dallas teams, I'm sorry, those are some of the best teams ever assembled. You weren't better than them. I think the Bills are one of the best teams in the NFL. It's just keep putting that winner on there. You'll get there. Maybe. Andy Reid, up until 2019, was exactly what McDermott is. He's exactly how Jay would describe him. Bridesmaid, never the bride. It's exactly how I described him until he won the Super Bowl. Everyone makes terrible decisions in playoff games until they don't. Peyton Manning was the best regular season quarterback and abysmal in the playoffs until he wasn't. And now he has, or at least when he retired, he had a better playoff record than Tom Brady. Storytelling. Narratives. We love it. You are incapable of doing said thing until you do it. Until you do it. And ultimately in sports, just keep building a team that can get there and hope it's your year one time. That's the nature of the beast. We're going to take a quick time out here. Still looking for your calls. 803-0550. How are we feeling about McDermott and Bean? We'll take a quick time out here. Sports Talk Saturday rolls along here on WGR.